1: Milano, Italia, home of the ATP Next Gen Finals, which we've been watching here on Tennis Channel, and we're going to tell you all about it on another. Exciting edition of TC Live as we get set for a big week, the young men in Milan, the women playing the Billie Jean King Cup as well. Welcome to our Santa Monica, California studios. I'm Rob Similcare. He is Jimmy Arias, the veteran. We're used to seeing him on this set. Good to see you. And here's a new face for us here on Tennis Channel, Vicki Duval. You may know her. A... Uh, current professional on the WTA Tour, and Vicky making her television debut and her tennis channel debut. Great to have you here.
2: Thank you for having me. It's an honor. (laughs) So
1: how did this come about? How did you decide you wanted to do some television?
2: So, I obviously saw a couple players who were doing part-time commentating, and I thought it was something really cool. And I reached out to Steve Weissman, actually, maybe two months ago now, and I said, hey, you know, I know that you're amazing at what you do. Give me a contact, and I want to just try it out. And so I reached out to Ross, and here I am today.
3: (laughs) More pressure playing your first tennis match or being here at TC Live? To be honest,
2: more pressure being here.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There were a lot of deep breaths
2: yes, before was, the show. Yes, I was breathing a lot before we started, but I'm sweating a little bit, but I'm feeling great. Believe me,
1: you'll never do worse than this guy. So <laughs> trust me, you're going to be good. I agree. <laughs> we're going to make you look good today. Absolutely. All right, welcome to the team. Great to have you. Meanwhile, we've been watching the action from Milano. This ATP Next Gen Finals. These are players 21 and under. A unique format. Sets are first to four games. Tiebreak at three all. Matches best of five sets. It's no ad scoring. So these matches are moving pretty quickly. They only sit down once per set after three games. Jimmy, you've been calling them. And this was uh, one of the matches we saw today. Brandon Nakashima against Matteo Arnaldi.
3: Yeah, Nakashima coming into this match, you're thinking he's the heavy favorite. Arnaldi got in as an alternate because Rune wasn't able to play because he got the top ten. But it was Arnaldi who came out firing. First set, got the early break, managed to hang on. Second set, really found a way not to win that set, as he had all kinds of set points on his own serve. Double faulted a couple of times on those set points, and really Nakashima stole the second set. Third set, sort of went more along to what you would think this is a pretty quick court here in Milan. A lot of serves, This games are held, they are held throughout that third set. Fourth set, it looked as though Nakashima, after stealing the second set, it looked as though the higher-ranked player was just going to serve out the fourth. But instead, Arnaldi found a way to break, got the crowd involved. It goes to a fifth set, and the one break of serve was right here in the third game. It's amazing how this scoring system. Matches go in a hurry, sets go in a hurry. You just got started and then all of a sudden you're serving for the match. And Nakashima manages to only get through a tough five setter. Arnaldi impressed me quite a bit. He's a guy who's only played one tour-level match in his career, and he looked pretty good, but Nakashima got through it.
1: So the American gets a win in the beginning of this group play. Yuri Lehechka also a win. This is similar to the ATP finals. Group stage, top two of each group will get through to elimination. Over to the red group we go now, and another Italian, Lorenzo Musetti, taking on Sen Chun-Sin.
2: Musetti is competing in his second next-gen finals. Looking to have a better result this year than he did last year, he was moving beautifully today. You see that banana forehand, very Rafa-esque, as he hit that winner there. And what Waszczyc does really well is he puts pressure on his opponents. He has a lot of power, and obviously his world-class backhand that he can easily pull the trigger cross-court or down the line. He did a really good job using his variety today. You see he's toying what's saying here on these couple points. And obviously, playing in front of his home crowd, he's going to be using that to his advantage and did a beautiful job today closing this out and looking really, really strong out there. Will be interesting to see how he does going forward.
1: All right, so a win there. For the Italian, he's at one and zero. As is Dominic Stricker, who pulled off what I would call an upset over Jack Draper. They're both one and zero early on in that red group. And you know, this is interesting, Vicky. This 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 event going on for a few years now. We'll talk about some of the winners. They have a lot of well. It's been kind of a launching pad for players to go on to bigger and better things. What do you think about this event and the format?
2: Yeah, I think it's great, and I think it's also awesome for the players to experience something a little bit different than what they're used to on tour. I think it's really fantastic for the fans. They get to see something, you know, a little bit outside of the norm. And for these players, I know a couple of them have played before. It's their second time here. But for some of them, who it's their first time. You know, it's really a good opportunity for them to settle into their rankings and really prove to themselves how they can compete against some of these guys at different rankings. And I think it's it's a really good learning experience for all of them.
1: It is. You know, high pressure uh, points for these young players, obviously, all, always pays dividend down the road.
3: Well, what's funny is I didn't think players this young would be able to compete at the tour level any longer because the game's gotten so physical over the last 10 years or so. But this next gen, these guys have done very well. As you mentioned, the players that have won in the past here really quickly seem to do well. And I love the format. I love how pressure, pressurized it is. It's just a couple of games, no ad scoring. You never know what's going to happen. The momentum goes up and down so quickly. And I think it's a great opportunity for these guys to play in an atmosphere as if it's the ATP Tour Finals because it feels just like it.
1: And you look at what the winners of this event have gone on to do. It is impressive. Last four champions here, Kyung Chung back in 2017, and then Sitsipas Sinner, and then, of course, Carlos Alcaraz, Last year, so it is an impressive group of winners and pretty uh, impressive group overall. This is quite a launching pad for players. You mentioned Holger Runa, who would have been here had he not gone into the top 10. Of course, he did that with this incredible run at the Masters in Paris. The win over Novak Djokovic put him into the top 10, and now, Jenny, he's got a shot at playing in the big boys tour finals.
3: Yeah, I mean, had he not won this match, he would have been 12th, and we probably would have seen him in Milan, but he Djokovic in the finals in an amazing last game where he saved six break points and somehow kept his nerve throughout. What a strange I mean normally someone comes to the top 10 you sort of see it coming for a little while. He got to the top 10 in a blink of an eye. Just the last four tournaments makes finals of all four wins Paris and Hogaruna. I know he was up and
1: coming young player. You heard of him but Nowadays, you go from up and coming to up and here pretty fast, and that's what he did as he blazed through that tournament. Do you think we're maybe now having to talk about Holgo Runa in in the context of a Carlos Alcaraz?
2: I mean, I think so, and he's a guy that has a lot of confidence when he's out there. You can tell by the way he carries himself. He's not intimidated by the crowd. The run that he had in Paris to get to the title, I mean, he beat, was it five top 10 guys along the way, and that's really impressive to do, not only for him at his age, but he looked like going into every match that he belonged out there and he knew he was going to win. And I think for him to be that young and and competing like that, I think only the sky's the limit for him.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, we, we talk about the Billie Jean King Cup that's coming up a little bit later on. The women don't have a next gen finals type event Vicky, do you think that could be something that would be good to see on the WTA Tour?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think, as Jimmy said, it's a, it's a wonderful environment as far as pressure goes and good exposure for some of these young players out there. So, I mean, I think it would definitely benefit the players, the women, to have that, and obviously the fans would also enjoy that a lot.
1: It used to be, Jimmy, the, the women. So many of them were young, 21 and under, who were already in the top 10. But it's changing a little bit more older women doing well.
3: I mean, I shouldn't say it. it's a bit of a pet peeve of mine because I feel as though there's young players on the, on the women's tour that could be ranked higher, but they're limited on how much they're allowed to play. There's sort of a, that, those rules in the WTA that aren't in the ATP tour. And I know it started with Jennifer Caprioli, and there's a whole other story that... That I'm getting into but I think Coco golf could have gotten up there quicker and I think there's some players that could have gotten there quicker if they were
1: just allowed to play a full schedule. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we're going to be talking about the women when we come back The Billy Jean King Cup getting started in Glasgow, Scotland a little bit later on this week. We'll take a look ahead at that when we come back on TC live. Welcome back to TC Live. The Billie Jean King Cup Finals about to take off in Glasgow, Scotland. And Here's how it works. These are four groups of three teams, and the winner of each of these groups will move on to elimination. So it's all going to be happening this week in Glasgow. There you see the four groups. And let's start out with Australia in action here. They're already up 1-0 to zero as Storm Sanders won her first match. Isla Tomlanovic looking to close it out here against Slovakia.
2: Isla Tomlanovic is coming into this BJK Cup with a lot of confidence. She's currently the highest ranked, she's currently at her highest ranking and also the highest ranked Australian. No, She's really elevated her game this year by going after the ball in an aggressive way. And you can see there, the backhand has always been an asset for her, but really leaning into opening the court with her forehand. She's committing to being aggressive and getting a lot of free points on her first serve as well, which is helping her a lot. But, you know, she looked really fit out there, no signs of fatigue, having played such a long season. And Shmidova really had no answers today. Isla cruising 6-1-6-2 clinching that one for Australia.
1: A great year for Tom Yanovich continues as she gets the win for Australia. Meanwhile, to group C now, Elena Rybakina trying to clinch a win here against Harriet Dart of Great Britain.
3: And she's played pretty well in Great Britain as won Wimbledon and now in the Billie Jean King Cup, playing well again on a fast court against Harriet Dart. Huge serve from Urbacana, but she also can rip some ground strokes, a high-risk type of player. And when she's on, very dangerous, was on in the first set. Second set got a little bit more complicated. She had a break lead, lost that break, but when she served it out, served it out in style. And Kazakhstan, with the crew of players really from Russia,
1: are through against Great Britain. Yulia Putin Seba won the first match for Kazakhstan, so they get through. Meanwhile, the United States, they are in Group D. They will be taking on Poland starting tomorrow, and that is a Polish team that will not have Iga Swiatek. So, how do you like their chances? We'll take a look at who's on this team, but who do you, what do you think about this? U.S. team coming into this Billie Jean King Cup final?
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously any time the U.S. is coming into these tournaments, they've won it 18 times. The U.S. team has a lot of confidence and they do really well together. They have a great captain in Kathy Rinaldi. So I think, you know, with EGA missing, that's definitely a great opportunity for the U.S. Obviously, there's a couple of players missing on the U.S. team as well. But I really like their chances overall.
1: Yeah, speaking of U.S. players missing, Jessie Pagula has pulled out of this event after her tremendous finish to the year. So here you see the American roster. Coco Gauff, she's there. Madison Keyes will probably be the other singles player. although Daniel Collins on the list as well. Katie McNally, Taylor Townsend, they went to the U.S. Open finals in doubles. And there's the captain, Catherine Reynolds.
3: I mean, that's a ridiculous team, really, that the U.S. has. We got singles players. We got great doubles players in McNally and Townsend. McNally's starting to play pretty well in singles as well. Daniel Collins was finalist at the Australian Open, and yet at the moment, she's third on the team and we're missing our number one. So the U.S. women's side of things is actually very strong.
1: It looks very deep. And Coco Goff, of course, had a tough time at the WTA finals, uh, did not get a win in Fort Worth, Texas. What do you think about her game and the confidence she'll be bringing into an event like this?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think all we can hope for Coco Gauff is that she kind of resets after the WTA finals. We saw her shedding some tears on the sideline, which is not something you see very often. She's tenacious. She's a great competitor. So I think maybe she was experiencing some burnout. And I think going into, you know... Going into this tournament, she's going to rely on her team to help her through. And for these players, they love playing for their country and representing, you know, the flag. And I think she's going to find another gear. And, and like Jimmy said, it's a very, very strong team. And I think we're going to see some amazing tennis coming out of Team USA.
1: It's the end of a very long year, Jimmy. We all know that. Coco had some real breakthrough moments in her season. Of course, made it to a Grand Slam final in Paris Losing a little steam toward the end of the year. But there's so much you can do with her. You can play her singles. You can play her doubles. So some interesting choices for Kathy Rinaldi.
3: I mean, of course, she's got a team that she can play anyone, anywhere. That's a great thing for Coco Golf. She's such a great athlete. She moves so well that she is going to just continue to improve. It's very difficult to find a way to get the ball past her. You can see how upset she was In that finals, not playing well, either did Jesse Pagula. They both lost all their matches at that tour finals. But it has been a long, great year for both of those American players. I mean, Jesse Pagula getting to number three in the world, I have to say, I thought I would always be the best player ever out of Buffalo. And unfortunately, (laughs) it is no longer the case. So congratulations to Jesse Pagula and Coco Goff for the great year that they had.
1: Your time I mean, I mean, was long. It was, Your yeah, time was long. I thought it might be forever, but it ain't the case. <laughs> so w- when you look at this full roster again for the USA, yeah, they've they got to like their chances. Uh, you know, we'll take a look at it a little bit more, but how would you play this roster if you were Kathy Rinaldi? Who would, you, who would you put where?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think obviously Danielle Collins is playing some great tennis and Taylor Townsend having a resurgence after having her baby. What an inspirational story that is. She's worked really hard. I think she's probably the fittest she's ever been. And, you know, Katie McNally and the doubles, Taylor Townsend and Katie McNally could easily be the doubles. Would pick you keep for that Kathy. pairing together? I think that would be great. Yeah. And I think, you know, maybe incorporating Coco into a doubles match to kind of get her back in the flow of feeling good out there would be really nice. But I think Danielle Collins, Madison Keys, two very strong singles players. So Kathy has a lot of freedom to do what she wants.
1: All right. Well, After a break, we're going to come back and talk about the men, the ATP finals coming up in just a few days, just five days away. Who's the favorite and who's got the best chance to finish this year at world number one? We'll break it down when we come back on TC Live. a full season competing across the globe, Turin, Italy is the ultimate stop for the year's top eight men's singles players and top eight doubles teams. Watch the elite Fields in action at the Nitto ATP Finals Tennis Channel's exclusive live coverage starting Sunday, 5.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Here's a look at the current field. You see Nadal there, Sistapas, Roode, and Medvedev. Some question here whether Nadal will play. they will look more on that in a minute. The first alternate here is Holger Runa. So somebody pulls out, Runa will be in. Now let's take a look at the social net. And speaking of scenarios here toward the end of the year, some interesting scenarios in play for world number one, as you can see here in this tweet. So bottom line here is Carlos Alcaraz has a pretty good shot, unless either Tsitsipas goes perfect at the ATP finals or Nadal wins the finals or finishes as a runner-up 4-1 so it's complicated but Jimmy if you're Carlos Alcaraz you got a pretty good shot at finishing at year-end number one.
3: You're still feeling pretty good. You'd be feeling a lot better had you're not had the app trouble. You're out six weeks and you're not able to get any extra points at the year-end championship so I still think Alcaraz probably the most likely although you never can count out Rafa Nadal. And, his has to be perfect indoors maybe he can be it's the type of service that he doesn't like
1: vicky who do you like
2: i like that excuse me i like alcaraz as well um i think he's had the season of his life this year obviously winning the Slam and being number one and i think you know he's had a lot of momentum this year and you know we'll see but i like his chances too.
1: All right. Obviously disappointing. He can't be there to do it himself, but he's got a pretty good chance at watching. Meanwhile, the big win for Caroline Garcia yesterday at the WTA finals in Fort Worth, Texas. An incredible comeback year for Garcia culminates with this big win. And interesting, if you look back on Garcia's career, this is her second time now in the world's top four. And... A guy named Andy Murray actually saw this coming. This is a tweet from Andy Murray way back in 2011 when he saw Garcia come up with a great match against Maria Sharpova and said, this woman is going to be number one in the world someday. Well, Vicky, she hasn't quite gotten there. But all these years later, she's still playing at an incredible level.
2: Yeah, it was really impressive to see what she did this year at the WTA Finals. And I think, you know, Garcia has changed her game a lot. You see her coming to the net a lot this time and playing really aggressive. And so I think Andy, the Claire, what is it, the savant clairvoyant or whatever, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. predicting the future here a little bit. But, yeah, I think she's going to keep rising, and it'll be really in- interesting to see Um, how she does going forward.
3: Now, first of all, I didn't realize there was Twitter in 2011. (laughs) Apparently there was, and Andy Murray was on it. And I think it sort of hurt Caroline Garcia in some ways because she was young, up and coming, and all of a sudden she has a guy that's at the top of the game saying she's the next number one. Well, it's taken her an awful long time to get back to sort of this position where she does have an opportunity. Remember, just six months ago, I think she was ranked in the 70s, and she has gone on this incredible tear with the combination of big serving and huge returning that combination she's doing beautifully right now watch out for her next year but you don't want to say it because if you write it down on twitter she might drop back out
1: <laughs> jimmy it was hard to get twitter on your blackberry back yes, in 2011 exactly. or My your flip phone your wasn't palm, really working your palm pilot whatever that was you were using back in those days okay here's an interesting tweet from our colleague john wertheim this is a little inside baseball but bottom line is the u.s and australia they kind of trade wild cards uh for their grand slams and John doesn't think this is such a good idea, essentially looking at who is likely to get the U.S. wild card into the Australian Open. Jimmy, do you want to chime in on this? Do you think this is a good practice or not?
3: Um, no, of course it's okay. I don't mind having us trade wild cards and giving our, some of our players a chance. And Ben Shelton, I think, is a guy that's going to be top 30 in the world next year. So he's a guy that has incredible weapons. If he's the guy that gets a wild card, more power to him. I can't actually read what that quote says. so you <laughs> He's know, kind of too ranking far away who's most me.
1: likely to get it. and Vicky, okay. It's done based on results in challengers the way the U.S. does it. So there's actually some, some science behind it.
2: Yeah, and I think it's a great thing for the players. Obviously the wild cards are generally on merit base, and I think if the players are doing well and they earn their spot into the tournament, to have that trade back and forth I think is a great thing for both countries.
1: All right, well, Vicki, you've been doing great so far on the Thank show. You. I just want to let you know. And I stumbled
2: a little bit. You but. may be new <laughs> to Tennis Channel viewers, but you're not
1: new to tennis fans. When we come back, we're going to have a little flashback back to 2013 when a slightly younger Vicki Duvall had big moment. More on that when we come back on TC Live. A flashback to the 2013 US Open when Vicky Duval ranked 296th in the world. She had qualified thanks to a wild card into Qualies. She takes out Sam Stozer for a big win and she spoke after the match.
2: I know Sam is a great champion, and I watched her when she won the US Open and um, I know she didn't play her best today, and this is the best I've played in my career, so I'm really excited. <laughs> How did
0: you hold your nerve at the end of that match? You had a few match points, you were getting so emotional, how were you able to keep it together?
2: Um, I just tried to stay in the moment. I I don't know, I'm really excited right now.
1: Oh man, so what is it like watching that nine years later
2: (laughs) that felt like a lifetime ago? (laughs) (laughs) Obviously one of the highlights of my tennis career beating Stoser and doing it in front of a home crowd and one of my favorite Tournaments to play at and so I'm just really grateful. I got that experience It was one of those moments where I felt like I was watching myself play you're like outside of yourself Because it's such a big arena and the atmosphere was insane and um Obviously, I felt a little bit of the New York crowd the year before when I won the 18s Nationals and I played against Kim Kleister's opening night on Ash. That was one of the craziest experiences of my life, too. So I've had some of my best memories in New York. And um, I always say after I beat Sam, she didn't do very well after. So I think she was a little upset I beat her in the first round there. But um, definitely one of the best moments in my career.
1: Sam Stozer, of course, won the Open in 2011 and just retired recently, yes. so she had a great career. J- Jimmy, you had so many great moments at the U.S. Open. I mean, can, can you? What, what, no, what would you say was I your mean, biggest one, The biggest win in New York?
3: Well, I, I suppose my, I had two, two favorite moments there. The first one was when I was 17, the same age as Vicky was when you just saw her beat Sam Stozer. I played Jimmy Connors' night match in the stadium, and my favorite part about that was as we walked on the court together. Back in my day, you walked on together. Everybody loves Jimmy Connors at the U.S. Open, so everyone starts yelling, Come on, Jimmy! Come on, Jimmy! I know it's not for me, but I can't help myself, so I go, Okay, I'll try! And the crowd actually yelled,
1: Not you!
0: The other Jimmy! Yeah, exactly. So that,
3: that was a moment I'll never forget, that was a lot of fun. And the other one was winning a night match quarterfinals against Yannick Noah to make the semifinals. That was but I was a little more nervous on my match point than you looked. <laughs> you just cleanly ripped a forehand winner like it was nothing. Were you? Do you remember what you were thinking at that moment against Sam?
2: I don't really know. I think it was a back-and-forth game, that game. I don't remember if I had a couple match points before that, but I just remember some highlights where I was being very dramatic on the court, which I tend to get sometimes, and I couldn't quite close it out. And obviously I'm really happy I did it on that forehand, but I think it was... When you're 17 and you're trying to close out the biggest match of your career, I mean, all sorts of things are going through your head. Yeah, you just play. You just play. Yeah.
1: Great moment every tennis player wishes they had. Okay, well, we're going to take a look ahead to tomorrow's coverage here on Tennis Channel. It starts with the Billie Jean King Cup Finals, Switzerland versus Italy, Belgium versus Slovakia, and then the U.S. gets underway against Poland as well. And then we'll head back to Milan, Italy, where the next-gen ATP Finals will be underway as well. and in Nakashima, the only American in action he'll take on, Yuri Lehechka. So a full day of fun events on Tennis Channel. Tomorrow we'll start you off early. And, Jimmy, what are you, what are you looking forward to tomorrow?
3: I'm looking forward to all of it, to be honest. It's uh, The next gen is really exciting the way the scoring goes. Billie Jean King Cup also something whenever you're playing for your country, you feel a little extra. So it's, uh, it's going to be a great week of tennis. All right. Take us
1: out here, Vicky. Show's about to end. What are you looking forward to tomorrow?
2: Yeah, I'm looking forward to, obviously, the matches in the next gen. I think Musetti's playing really well. I'm excited to see him back out there competing. Nakashima also. So um, I think we have some great matches on the lineup, and it'll be a great day of tennis tomorrow.
1: All right. Well, it was a great debut from you here on Tennis Channel Live. We look forward to having you not just today, all week. It'll be Vicky, Jimmy, and myself. So come back after another great day of tennis tomorrow. We'll be right back at you here on TC Live. Everybody, enjoy your Tennis Tuesday. We'll see you tomorrow.